1: Virginia isn't for one type of person. Virginia is for road trippers.
2: Are we there yetters? Mountain hikers and dock sitters, because they're not active hikers. People who are kayakers. People who are not kayakers. Campsite campers and horseback
3: riders. Wow, there's a lot to fit in here. Flatwater lovers, beach suntanners, hole-in-the-earth explorers, and Shenandoah valleyers. Should I keep going here? Well, you get the idea. Because Virginia is for all sorts of lovers. So come love it for yourself.
1: Welcome, everybody. Here we go. Happy Friday. It's that time again. Matt Connerton unleashed and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And uh, hello to all of our online friends around the nation and across or I should say across the nation and around the globe. Getting a little dyslexic there. I apologize. <laughs> I have uh, wondered if I might be suffering from adult onset dyslexia. So uh, my uh, my friend uh, John Hopwood, who has uh, left the room because he had a <clears throat> apparently he had an urgent phone call. He is uh, dyslexic. But uh, so welcome everybody. A glorious day here in Manchester, by the way. On this uh, Friday, it is uh, Friday, February 11, 2022. To be exact, and it's like spring here. It's amazing, and I think we're supposed to get another day tomorrow of this weather too. And you know, I always have some ambivalence about this because, on the one hand, I love this weather. It is uh, makes me feel better. You know, especially you know if I've been a little depressed, you know, definitely helps. uh, Puts a little more uh, spring in my step when it is spring like outside, and and uh, I just love it. Um, But uh, I worry about it, too, for obvious reasons, (laughs) you know, because the winters have definitely gotten milder here over the years. And, geez, you look at uh, out in California, it's like 85 degrees and it's supposed to be warm out there. But that's uh, uh, not in February. It's not supposed to be 85 degrees. So anyway, every summer or every uh, every year, I should say, well, in every summer, but every season they tell us, uh, yeah, it's the warmest on record every year is the warmer Warmest on record as it's warmer than the one before. So, you know, I, I worry about it a little bit. I, I, uh, I enjoy the short-term benefits of climate change, but I'm very concerned with what may not be the quite so long-term, if you know what I mean. So we'll see how it all goes. <laughs> anyway, so welcome, everybody. I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot on Elm in the Brady Sullivan right across the street where you can enjoy delicious gourmet pretzels, They have craft beer. They have live music on Friday nights. They've got a lot going on there. And we are going to have Kenny, uh, not this coming Monday, but a week from Monday. Kenny from the Hopknot will be joining us live in studio. You know, I went over there last, uh, no, not last night, the night before, and I kind of, after the show, I kind of pestered him. I said, hey, man, it's Black History Month. We got to get you in here. So, uh, you know, and it's always a great time hanging out with Kenny from the Hopknot and always a great time at the Hopknot itself delicious pretzels and craft beer, great food, great service, and a wonderful family that owns and operates it. And we are so proud and honored to have that association with them and all of the great sponsors here at WMNH 95.3, like uh, Queen City Cabinetry, our friend Mike Pelopita, who's a big supporter of all the shows and of the station. Of course, uh, CGI Business Solutions, they're the OG of WMNH sponsors. They've been here uh, since the beginning. And, um, you know, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary for this show. I know it's been over six years now for the morning show. Uh, we're coming up on five years. Uh, we're just about a mm, little under two months away from that. Five years at WMNH. And uh, same thing for uh, Granite State of Mind. Uh, Rob and I were talking. If you missed it, Rob Azevedo was here yesterday. I was surprised to see him uh, on a Thursday. But uh, he does have a new granted state of mind coming up tonight, right after this show. But it is pre-recorded. He uh, he's got something going on tonight, so he came in last night and he interviewed a band and uh, pre-recorded the show. So I got to see him on a Thursday, which is rare. But uh, I always enjoy when he comes in and hangs out. But it's been uh, he and I started at WMNH at about the same time. He and I both we have something in common. Well, actually, we have a few things in common. You know, we both have a long history of interviewing musicians uh, and uh, supporting the New Hampshire music scene. But also, uh, something he and I have in common is um, uh, we uh, we both were doing iterations of our shows before coming to WMNH. Uh, I, of course, started this show as a podcast uh, about, uh, geez, 10, 10 and a half years ago now. Uh, it was the summer of 2011, actually, yeah. And... Um, you know, and then about five years ago, like I said, it'll be five years in April. I had the opportunity to br- to bring the show here to WMNH. Uh, Rob had also been doing Granite State of Mind for years in uh, various other places, other versions of the show before he had the opportunity to to bring the show here to WMNH. So, uh, and it's just you know we were kind of, um, I think that was an off-air discussion. I don't think we were talking about that on-air. I think we were talking about that off-air after uh, after I wrapped up my show and and uh, how great it is to be a part of this wonderful family that we have here. Uh, and our, uh, our extended family of listeners, we appreciate all of you so very, very much. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number if you'd like to call in today. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. And of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603 250 6007. Also, by the way, uh, today at 5 p.m., as we cross into hour number two of the show, of course, it is Friday, which means it is time for Eric Pilcher's classic film review. And this week, the subject is—and by the way, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I've never seen the film. Uh, But it uh, came out in 2013, 12 Years a Slave. So I will have to see it after listening to Eric's review. But uh, I enjoy—I look forward to, rather—well, I enjoy Eric's review, but I look forward to sharing it all with you. Uh, He does a great job, and it has become a very popular segment on the show. We get a lot of uh, positive feedback on it. So that will be coming up today, Eric Pilcher's review of 12 Years a Slave. Uh, For the month of February, Eric has chosen films uh, appropriate for Black History Month. You know, last week it was uh, uh, In the Heat of the Night, one of my, absolutely one of my top five favorite films of all time. So Eric had never seen it. So he was kind of, so for him it was, you know, his review was particularly fresh because he was just coming off of watching it for the first time. So that was really interesting to me to hear his take on it because, you know, kind of, it's almost like, I mean, I've seen the film Probably a dozen times. I, I love it so much, but it was kind of like getting to see it through his eyes to hear his review, you know, so that was cool. Jenny and I watched it um, maybe a year, year and a half ago, maybe two. I don't know the time. It all blurs together, but Jenny had never seen it. She had only seen the television show, but she had never seen the film. So that was cool to get to to show her the movie um, and for her to see it for the first time. So. Lots going on, lots to discuss. I know John Hopwood had something specific he wanted to uh, delve into, but uh, he left with his phone. He left. Uh, I think he's coming back, though. There's a pad of paper there <laughs> and some business cards that are on the, the news desk. So I assume he's returning. But uh, he is mercurial. You know, sometimes he zigs when you think he's going to zag. But, uh, but again, if you'd like to join us today, 603 250 6007. By the way, Eric says uh, 12 Years a Slave is streaming on HBO Max, so that's a way that—I um, don't think we have that in our, in our household. You know, we have Hulu and Netflix, and I don't think we have HBO Max. Uh, but the other thing I want to remind you, too, before we—and uh, then we'll say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat, and then we'll get into some stuff uh, with or without Mr. Hopwood. With or without Mr. Hopwood. Uh, U2, anybody? No. I don't like that song. I'm not a big U2 fan, actually. I mean, I like them. I certainly respect them, but uh could kind of take them or leave them. I'm sure uh, John Hopwood doesn't like them because John Hopwood, while he is uh, somewhat liberal in his politics, he doesn't like earnest liberalism. Earnestness bothers him, and Bono is very earnest, very earnest. But uh, also, because it is Friday, coming up tonight, at 7.30 p.m. here uh, at WMNH, is Retro Spectrum Radio with Paul E.C., and I have the honor and privilege of being one of Paul's co-hosts on that show, along with our friends Dan Randlett and DJ Steve. But just to fill you in on what Paul has in store for us tonight. Oh, and I see him in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Here's what he posted uh, a few days ago. Uh, 5150 plus 2112 plus 867- Minus 5309 plus, oh, I'm sorry, equals 25 or 624. Next Friday night on Retrospectrum Radio, so this is for tonight, uh, we'll be doing a little rock and roll math when we present an evening of songs with numerical song titles. We've selected so many classic tunes, you couldn't possibly count on them. I'm sorry, you couldn't possibly count them on one or two hands. So join us tonight at 7.30 p.m. right here at WMNH 95.3 FM. And, of course, you can stream it online from anywhere in the world at WMNHradio.org or, of course, uh, on the Retro Spectrum Radio with Poly C uh, Facebook page, um, although that is often uh, muted. So what we like to tell people to do is uh, – go to the Retro Spectrum Facebook page so you can chat with us during the show in the Facebook live chat, but stream the audio at WMNHradio.org because uh, we often have to mute the Facebook feed for copyright reasons so Facebook doesn't get all worked up in a tizzy and send us threatening and upsetting notifications about our copyright violations. Uh, all right, 603-250-6007 if you'd like to join us, 603 603- two five oh six oh oh seven i do want to say hello to everybody in the facebook live chat and then we should discuss russia because uh there is news which is actually what john hopwood wanted to speak about today but uh i continue to not see him he left the room and i uh and he took the bathroom key with him which is particularly concerning to me for a couple of, of reasons hi welcome to matt connerton unleashed who's this
4: hey matt tony
1: oh tony how are you
4: Good man. Did you see this um, uh, this uh, interview thing on CNN with the uh, the guy that went to the interaction and uh, he was talking about it to the CNN uh, person that was interviewing him, the journalist?
1: There's uh, there's been a few different ones that I've seen floating around, so I'm not sure which one you're referring to. I may have he seen wrote, it. He wrote
4: he he's writing a book about it. I forget yeah. what the book was called, but I was I was watching it last night. And he finally came to the realization that where he was at was a cult. He said he went through all these Trump some um, campaigns all across the country. He was following Trump, following Trump, following Trump. Yeah. Like driving all across he was he was spending all his money going all these all these rallies. And then he realized after January sixth that it was a cult. Well and like I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how many people are thinking that today? Like how many people are actually like opening their eyes and saying like, what was I doing? <laughs> what did I do? What did I do for the last four years? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it was, it was, it, you got to see it. You got to see it. It's something that you should uh, definitely uh, put your two cents on because he's writing a book about it. And um, when you went to like, like these Patriot, like today he's going to like these Patriot things where they sell t like t-shirts where, you know, it's, it's all still about Trump, but he's talking about his book. All the people that are like Trump supporters are like, I don't want to speak to you, get out of here.
5: <laughs> yeah, they're pushing,
4: them, they're pushing them to the side now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would hope that, um, people who are there would kind of come around, uh, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, he's probably in the minority. of Of uh, polling data shows that uh, a majority of Republicans uh, still believe the election was stolen, so they're they're probably um, and and they're not particularly upset with January sixth. So, um, I mean, some some Republicans are, but but uh, polling data shows that m- uh, a majority of them are not. So. Um, so hopefully there are others in that crowd, uh, who maybe have some second thoughts about what they've done and what they've chosen to associate with. But I'm not, I'm not particularly optimistic about it, but it's good to see, you know, that there are, uh, there are some people who have arrived at that conclusion, like the uh, gentleman you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, imagine your new bathroom
5: it just blew my mind.
4: It's 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 you know, I'm, I'm I'm sitting here today and I'm I'm digging in on the news and I'm doing my CNN thing because that's the news that I watch for whatever reason. And uh, you know this 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 Ukraine and Russia thing, man. Like I was telling you the other day, it's it's not looking good. They they said that they want all Americans out of there. They said that today. The guy, whoever the guy was from the Pentagon, said they want all Americans out of there. Yeah, that, that, that an invasion could happen before the end of the Olympics.
1: Sure, they're sure,
4: stating. Sure.
1: John Hopwood uh, has just rejoined us, and uh, he he seems uh, skeptical that anything's going to happen. But right. they they are ramping up though. Instead of re watching CNN, do something like read Foreign Affairs the magazine, yeah. or
6: you know, from real sources of people that are so. Well, there you're not Sovietologist anymore. You're uh, a Rusa Russa or whatever, it, you know, CNN sell, is advertising, sells products, wants a war, wanted, wants Trump, wants all those
5: things.
1: Well, it is good for ratings.
6: But, yeah, it's uh, good for ratings, but if you read actual sources of people that, you know, are experts,
1: it, there's no reason, for, there's no invasion, you know? Well, I hope, uh, I hope John Hopwood has uh, calmed your concerns, uh, Tony.
4: Uh, well, he, I, I got my beliefs. He hasn't, you know, he, the, the way that the world, the way that the world
5: is, nothing's going to surprise what me.
1: What would he gain you know? from that? Yeah, he hasn't necessarily calmed mine. I'm I'm actually becoming uh, more concerned about it than I was, but, Why? but uh. Why? Because, well,
6: because. Then you're, you're
4: in the same boat as me.
1: Because yeah. you have to sell a trillion dollar
6: defense budget. How are you going to sell a trillion dollar defense budget? The same old way they did when I was uh, in the army. Russia, Right. Trillion dollars we spent last year. Not the 750 800 They threw in like another $250 million for the black bag and all that. Mm-hmm. We spent over a trillion dollars on our military. We have aircraft carriers are obsolete. They've been obsolete for over five years because uh, a, a, a missile can take a, an aircraft out easily. You can put it on an atoll with the smart technology of a missile. There's no
1: such thing as hypersonic. Weapons. I don't think uh, we can use that word, hypersonic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I was just about
1: to say, did you dump that? <laughs> no, no, I, I was making a joke at atoll. It so, it's because atoll. it sounds like something. Oh, it sounds like you're Oh, Jesus! I, I never thought an atoll. I'm
6: in an adult. Yeah. We're all atoll. I mean, you know, Putin is like so big. I thought he slipped
4: up.
5: <laughs>
6: no, no. <laughs> the average person in Russia is, has a life that is so economically. Disadvantage. let's put it that way mm-hmm. that it's absurd but you know the, the R- russia benefits when it's integrated with the eco- uh, economy the world economy yes. and increasingly you know, all the sanctions and everything push it further out think of F- fidel castro and cuba if you had gotten rid of those sanctions and everybody had embraced cuba and there's a time around 1974 and 75 where shirley mcclain is going down there you know and uh, because uh, uh, it was the era of uh, detente with Russia, China. You know, if we had, imbr- if, if you would just uh, uh, cast you instead of all this antipathy, if Americans started going there, Christy, you'd have been out of power in a few years, you know? But how do
1: you—John, uh, let me hey, ask—I'm uh, uh, sorry, Tony, what?
4: I was just going to ask before I hang up. John, you still never explained to me what Muhammad Ali had to do with COVID.
6: He, uh, uh, well, oh. he's gone now. Oh, oh did, did it was I? He's actually Martin Luther King. No, it's just oh. a
4: speech. <laughs> or Mar- or a Martin
7: speech made, <laughs> it was a speech he made
6: in 1960. Remember what Matt says? I figure that everybody, I, I figure Matt knows every single thing I know, so I'm, I talk shorty actually. him. He'll make me explain. I,
4: I just, dude, dude, every time you're on, I'm like, is he going to finally explain this because I'm lost? Well,
6: the, the the point is, and I did not make it well at all, was that a lot of African Americans are are, are are very wary of the government, and a lot of them, you know, are wary yeah. of yeah. getting yeah, that vaccinated. Like that for a long time. And, so that's one of the things I said. I don't our big contra, Tom, and I went too far, and I apologize to you. We uh, yeah, we were discussing yeah, vaccine hesitancy that day, and, right? Yeah. Because you know, I I, I blame I blame the, our. System, uh, I blame our system, our healthcare system. But yet, you know, look at they are socialist, me- uh, very good socialized medicine. France yeah. and Germany, and they have their problems. Sure, but it made for I'll great, you, great radio. What, the,
5: med- the
4: medical system, the medical system. I mean, if anything needs money right now, I mean, take away from what they're making off of COVID. But the medical system, they said, um, <laughs> it's true, roughly <laughs> like six hundred thousand nurses and doctors and stuff like that could possibly like lose their licenses and stuff like that if they don't get this you know the mandated uh booster shot or something i think it was like six hundred thousand or sixty thousand or something like that it was some astronomical number that that they put out there and uh today was the day that the governor down here implemented you know getting a shot and um I was, at, I was at a doctor's appointment just recently, and the nurse that came in to, to uh, you know, do every like blood pressure and all that stuff before the I saw doctor told me that the local hospital down the road lost, like, 42 staff members because they weren't getting it.
5: Which, yeah. yeah.
4: So I was like, that's, that's just...
6: You, you wonder man. why they don't get it, but they, you know, uh, they say that on the econ of people that are skeptical and don't want to get it, the high... Uh, uh, poor people who are used to like probably getting screwed and a poor person's main contact with health care is an emergency room doctor right. true you know they don't have a uh, 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 primary care doctors like we do and right. and, for, and some and for people with PhDs you know who are just reading all the yeah. data and they've been brought up with the, the scientific method you're supposed to be skeptical or empiricism so uh, yeah but getting back to Russia, you know it is over the donbass uh, region and, you know it's just that with the yeah, russian
4: you're talking you're talking you're talking invasion and you're talking a lot but not much of an event. you know happens.
6: you got to understand the kazakhstan is, is in turmoil now which is a major thing belarus he's got a lot on his plate the thing is that they uh, like in foreign affairs they say uh, the russian russian People, uh, he he would uh, his support would erode if he invaded. He, he wants more of the status quo. All he's going to do is, you know, he's bucking up uh, the separatists in the Donbas region and what is it, the Luh- Luhansk uh, People's Republic, you know, and uh, screwing yeah. with the West. But he has a lot to lose if he actually invaded. True, but it's like a show of force. Uh, I so, mean,
4: then John, let yeah. me ask you this. Let me ask you this, John. Hypothetically, he invades Ukraine. This happens. Just say this happens.
6: All of Ukraine or part what, of it? W-
4: just, he just goes in and just all of just, it just takes over. Wait, just, why, why, just all of it. he just goes in and takes over all of it. What are we looking at? What do you think is going to happen?
6: What could happen? Who's they're getting a, involved? They're, they're nuclear power.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah. And I was, if
6: you punish Russia too much, they cut off the energy to uh, Western Europe, and you go into a worldwide recession. He's playing games. It's been this way forever, you know, e- ever. Uh, the, the 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 two times you probably think is when uh, the invasion of Hungary. That's in 1956, and there's no way the United States can stop that. And uh, and the United States actually. Uh, well I, you know matt once again matt reminds me john you know don't go into you know the encyclopedia uh, details <laughs> and the other is czechoslovakia i can tell you that uh western pressure stopped a potential invasion of poland in the 1980s but uh you mm. know you're dealing with ronald Reagan, casper uh, ronald reagan and casper weinberger
4: then and uh I just, I uh, it's got it's got
6: me worried, man. It's worried because it worried. It, 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 it's worried because CNN needs you to be worried to watch the t. They're the failing CNN and their ratings. Well, it's
4: not so. Well, it's not so much. It's just not so much like the whole CNN aspect of it. It's just that like something like this is actually happening, you know. And
6: well, there is a there's like, a low level, low intensity I conflict. I, Matt, going I think on. I said
4: it to Matt the other day. I was like, Is the United States putting their face in something that they shouldn't be putting their face in like
5: yeah or, I, like, I, I, are they I, subjected I so.
4: to having to get involved in this like can't we just kind of like step back and say yeah hey, this ain't our problem man well like can't we
5: just I, I agree like totally that?
1: I don't I don't think we can uh I think we're already I think we've already been we've we've shown ukraine a lot of support up to now I don't think I don't think we can really just step back and say it's not our problem, but I do want to, I do think it's prudent to limit our, our involvement. You know, the president has said we are not going to get involved militarily only through the use of sanctions and and, right. di- and diplomatic pressure, which I think is absolutely uh, correct, because uh, the last thing I want is any, you know, I don't ever, and I think we can all agree on this, I don't ever want to see any direct military contact between us and the Russians, because that could escalate to something that would be uh, truly catastrophic uh, globally. So yeah,
4: you're not fighting Afghanistan. You're not fighting Afghanistan on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got us just as much military power as we do. They got jets. They got helicopters. They got boats. You well, know, it's, and and they you know, but,
1: but they have nukes, and th- and that's that's the yeah, and they
4: got <laughs> and they got nuclear capabilities, yeah.
1: They have ICBMs that can that can hit the United States in uh, thirty minutes. So we have oh, to you, always keep that in mind. <laughs> also, part
6: of this is it's bringing Putin and uh how do you pronounce the uh dictator of China's name?
1: Xi Jinping. Right? Is it Xi? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Call him just Xi.
6: yeah. yeah. Uh, That's brought them back together to yank the chain of the United States and give it a good, good, good pull. You know, one of the great things when I was at University 78, uh, one of the the best political science faculty was at Boston University at that time, is that, you know, when China and the Soviet Union broke up in 1960, oh, the United States just says, oh, they're still allies, oh, it's still the threat. And these— and they're having border conflicts. There were border conflicts between uh, Mao's China and uh, the Khrushchev, uh, but mostly Brezhnev, Soviet the Union. They would they would have these border clashes, you know? And and then the United States say, oh, they're, 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 you know, well, just one hegemonistic bloc. I mean, you know, they both fed uh, the North Vietnamese Army and the Viet Cong with weapons because that was an easy way to... Uh, really screw the United States, tie it down, yeah. destroy, uh, nearly destroy our economy, mm-hmm. which went into stagflation. Um, they're expert. The Russians are experts under, since the communists, under just screwing with you mm-hmm. by a uh, show of force and small, uh, 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 and then they do small things. Mm-hmm. You can just supply uh, uh, weapons like uh, to Iran. You'll give them a, uh a, uh, a missile system, anti-aircraft missile system or stuff, which is a significant thing that they can screw you with. But, you know, the days of like in 1961, uh, uh, my friend, uh, the late Bill Cashin, who used to be the head of the board of the, of the raid, you know, public radio and TV, he was in Berlin. Bur- he, he was in Bur- You know, the, during the Berlin crisis, they took the New Hampshire National Guard there. Those days are gone or the Cuban Missile Crisis. Because what can you win from it? Right, right. And the uh, uh, Soviet Union backed down both times, backed down over Cuba. But of course, it was diplomacy, and we right. found out later they, we gave up like the Jupiter missiles in Turkey, yes. which Kennedy says these things are worthless anyways. But the one thing that I'll was. Just,
1: that was the off ramp. I'll just leave you with. Because you, because you yeah. hear that phrase a lot now Putin, right. Putin needs an off ramp. That was, And the there off- will be one. That was the off ramp Kennedy offered uh, Khrushchev. Well,
6: the thing about Khrushchev is that when Kennedy offered the, um, Kennedy before the anti-ballistic, what was the the treaty, uh, non-proliferation treaty, offered to get, uh, both the Soviet Union and the United States would give up nuclear weapons, and Soviet Union refused, even though that was its official policy, you know, and it, it backed groups in the West you know, like the campaign for nuclear disarmament and everything, and one of the reasons was they said they had so few nuclear weapons and ICBMs, and Kennedy had run on the missile gap to against Nixon and mm-hmm. then finds out as president, there is no missile gap. because You know, the United States has yeah. far more situation that no longer exists, by the way, and the Russians didn't want that. <laughs> we don't really have it, yeah. but, you know, Khrushchev to try to protect, that he was the equal of the United States. You know, he's at the United Nations. He takes his sh- shoe off, banging <laughs> yeah. it. And you can blame Khrushchev for, who's an ethnic Russian, for.
8: The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this?
3: Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot.
7: There's
9: a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's.
7: The Steak, Egg, and Cheese Bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.
3: This summer, when the sun's down, turn up the fun at Cedar Point Nights. The ultimate after-dark beach party is every night from July 29th through August 21st. Dance with throwback DJ sets, challenge your friends with beach games, or just take it easy at fire pits lining Cedar Point's legendary mile Long Beach. Then enjoy the new Lake Erie Luau, a food experience like no other. For a limited time, get park admission, luau tastings, and parking for just $69.99. Only at CedarPoint.com whole problem
6: like in Crimea or, or the cream or, you know there's different ways of pronouncing that just like Moscow I say Crimea yeah and uh because
1: we, it, we John not to interrupt okay you, but. I mean I just
6: want to, add, to to solidify power and become the the you know the primary person in the Soviet Union he gave uh the cr- Crimea to the Ukraine
1: yes you know uh, Tony, we'll let you, uh, we'll let you go yeah. unless, uh, did you have anything to add? I got one more thing for you, Matt. I want yes. to,
4: I got an entertainment conspiracy thing for you. Okay. Oh, no, that's, that's... I got one more thing. I don't think Bob Saget died accidentally. <laughs> really? Do you think it's aliens? Dude, d- dude, he, he broke the front of his forehead and the back of his head. With blunt force drama is what they're saying. Yeah. Like, I don't think he just accidentally died, man. Like, I, there's this whole thing on the Internet about it. Like, people are saying they don't think he just accidentally died because uh, of the front of his head being broken, too.
5: Yeah.
6: So. Have you know. seen the coroner's report,
1: an official one? I know I haven't.
4: Yeah, I yeah, it's
1: 12, yeah. I, I I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty skeptical of that. Who would kill Bob Saget? He is beloved. Possibly Nordic aliens. That's true. I hadn't considered Nordic
6: aliens. We've been having a lot of trouble around Manchester.
1: That's true. So, all right, I'm gonna clear your airlines, bro. <laughs> all right, Tony D. Thank you for the call.
4: Have a good weekend.
1: All right, you too. Bye bye. All right, that opens up a line for you 603-250-6007. 603-250-6007. Uh, I do want to um, say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. And, uh, John, you've been getting some love in here. Uh, Mike Pellepita from Queen City Cabinetry joins us. Uh, Hello, Mike. Uh, Of course, in the historic Sunbeam Mall, DJ Midas joins us. Midas, of course, part of the WMH family, the host of Late Night Delight, which you can hear every Saturday night from midnight to 4 a.m. with a replay on Sunday. Midas uh, does a great job. Speaking of, you know, I was talking earlier about five-year anniversaries. He just celebrated – Recently his five year anniversary here at WMNH. Mel McMell from the great state of Vermont. Hello, Mel. Eric Pilcher uh, says happy Friday. Eric from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And of course, as I mentioned, uh, he does the classic film review and uh, we'll be hearing that at 5 p.m. today. 12 Years a Slave is the film that Eric reviewed this week. Uh, EZG, Eric Gagnon, is in the Facebook chat and says, got boosted today at the Palace Theater. Yeah, they have another, a, 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 what do they call it, a booster booster bash or something? How many
6: times does this mean, uh, uh, Erica, have you been boosted? Do they, are they giving out, like, treats and stuff? Ooh, that'd be fun if they are. Well, some people do get more than, you know, mix
1: and match. and sure yeah eric also says uh eric says uh happy brock lesnar friday did you know that john it's brock lesnar friday no i didn't well uh eric street joins us in the chat ah, this is one of those days we've got all three erics all with uh different spellings that's right <laughs> eric
6: was pill uh i'm gonna there was a guy named john pilger so i'm thinking of him He was a oh. famous left-wing journalist eric my Eric that comes to my show. Yes,
5: C
1: H. Sometimes he—that's right. He very spells it with an H. Yes. Very
6: charming, you know. Yeah. very charming.
1: Uh, yep. He spells it. E- Eric. He spells it E R I C H. Eric Gagnon just spells it E R I C, and Eric Street spells it E R I K. And he Yo. says, uh, I hope Ron's Amazon account situation is okay. a <laughs> call back to yesterday's show. Jenny, of course, is in the chat and says, Shalom, peeps. And by the way, it is Friday, so I'll, I'll remind you, of course, you can hear Jenny tonight on the Charles Richardson Show, live from 7 to 9 p.m. online. And uh, Jenny's been— uh, Doesn't that uh, violate uh, Sabas?
6: Sabas? Ah, Sabas. Shabbos? Yeah, that's where John John Goodman couldn't remember pick up uh, the dude. Oh. It was Shabbos.
1: Right. It's Friday. Yeah, but it's an exception when it's uh, the Charles Richardson show. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, And Jenny is excited to see you. Uh, She says, Hoppy. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Told you you're getting some love in here. Um, Let's see. Uh, Texas Mike joins us in the chat and says, Getting ready for my Valentine's date tonight. He's down to one, by the way. He made a decision.
6: No kidding. He has chosen. Well, he only had enough money for one.
1: That's a good point. Economically, it is easier.
6: That's what, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Wayne Noel joins us from the great state of Michigan. Hello, Wayne. Uh, Mel McMell.
6: Mel McMell, are you really from Vermont? I believe she is. Do you really have
1: a husband? I believe she does.
6: You do? I think so. Am I talking to Mel McMill? She can hear you. Where are you in Vermont? (laughs) I'll be going up there very soon.
1: Uh, Mel says, uh, "Seriously, I think uh, Texas Mike might be the best boyfriend in the entire city of Manchester." Well, I don't, I don't know uh, about that's that. That's because
6: you don't know about me, Mac- Mel
1: McMel. I'm bi-statal. And Mikey has chosen Angela. Her name is Angela. So there you go. Uh, Stefan Philbrook uh, says in the Facebook Live chat, he says it's so nice out. I'm taking my pants off. I shall not wear pants for the rest of today. Shorts it is. Whoa, I wasn't sure where he was going with that for a second. I thought that might be for Matt Connerton unsheathed. Don't let Stinky get a picture of you. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> Inside humor. EZG says Kenny is the best, referring, of course, to Kenny from the Hopknot. And here we have the uh, mug right here. Yes, yes, the Hopknot mug. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, Rocky Huber is in the chat room.
6: Rocky. He
1: says, if you hear of Bigfoot reports in Manchester, it's just Stefan. He took his pants off.
6: Oh, (laughs) I didn't know you were related to Stefan, Matt.
1: Uh, Are we uh, ever going to
6: talk about the uh,
1: Sasquatch incident? No, we're not. How dare you? That's very hurtful. Uh, it wasn't you. Well, no. You just
6: mistook her for you know.
1: I know, for, but that's still it, it. Still hurts. Uh, Polly e. C. <laughs> I think I mentioned is in the chat room. Polly e. C. of Retro Spectrum Radio with Polly e. C. Tom Blanchard joins us in the chat room. He says the light bulb finally came on. That's a reference to the story uh, which Jenny shared in the chat room that uh, Tony brought up about the guy who uh, is writing the book or wrote the book about Sasquatchery. No, the the uh, gentleman who had been at the uh, insurrection. Oh, the January 6th? Uh, uh, Eric Pilcher, give, yes, Eric Pilcher, giving you some love. He says, "Get him, Hopwood." Mitch McConnell has admitted it's an insurrection. Yes, I, I can't believe it. Yes, he did. He did. He said, "Violent insurrection." His exact words. Uh, Mel McMell says, "I could listen to Hopwood talk for hours." Well, I can come right up there as long as the hubby's there, like at work. Well, you'll you can uh, you can arrange that uh, on your own. Uh, or perhaps everyone can join us Party on our, pooper. perhaps everyone can join us on unsheathed I mean Vermont is only uh, it's right next door I don't know uh Eric Pilcher says Tony brings CNN up as a news source and when Hopwood questions it dismisses it uh when you are in a debate your source is always in question
6: hmm. what do you mean by that you've never heard of foreign affairs the magazine I have yeah it's like the premier magazine I'm sure it Eric costs has. too much to... to you have to read it at a library, you know. Really? Oh, yeah. we offer you thirty five percent off. Well, that's very generous. Now I have to come up with one hundred fifty bucks, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, let's see. We can get well. We can get V on on. Stephen Light joins us in the Facebook live chat. Uh, DJ Steve, I'll be seeing him tonight at uh, Retro Spectrum Radio. He says, "Happy Friday, everyone!"
6: Four eyes.
1: Uh, he does wear glasses. Yes.
6: Yeah, with the different uh, le- uh
1: lenses. Oh, right. Uh Crystal joins us in the chat. Uh hello uh Crystal. Uh she is uh in the great state of Illinois. Illinois.
6: No. If what? you're from if you're from below Cairo, it's Illinois. Cairo. Yeah, Cairo, Illinois. Wow. But you're from Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, Chicago, Illinois, is too. No, hey, I, 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 went, I went. I was in the army with uh, I, guys from Chicago.
1: I spent every summer there. City grown, of Bro- yeah, but you're where you growing upper up? Class, and I well upper middle class. I was, yeah, I was privilege. I was, I never every summer that I spent in Illinois with my mother, I never heard anyone pronounce the S ever. It's because you were young. Ever
6: all that ear care all that ear care ear hair oh
1: ear hair i thought you said ear care
6: well at least mama used to give you good shaving now and then.
1: no you know my stepmother would clean my ears when i was a kid if my dad's listening he might remember this my step with a depilatory with a q-tip and she would uh it was a nightmare i she would just like try to scrape every little bit of earwax she could and it was crazy it was like. And I remember at the time thinking, "Is this normal? Like, are you even supposed to do this?" And then I got older, and I was reading that actually, no. I mean, it's one thing to clean your ears, but the earwax is kind of there for a reason.
6: Oh, earwax is so disgusting!
1: I never clean my ears. You were
6: from the upper middle class, and you didn't want you to look lower. A lower class person would say Illinois. I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of crackers from Southern Illinois. I don't think rednecks. Easy. <laughs> so, I'm talking about Southern Illinois. Don't tell me. You know, um, I just that,
1: that, that, the c word there. Uh, uh, people. I been, can't say cracker. People have been getting deplatformed on for social cracker? media for that. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Eric Pilcher uh, says Mr. John Hopwood is a gentleman and a scholar.
6: <laughs> I'd leave out the gentleman part. Well,
1: it's uh, you know these things are subjective. You guys have seen me go wild.
6: <laughs> I haven't gone wild on the on on the radio in a long time.
1: No, uh, uh, Eric Agnan, Easy G says maybe Tony D has been listening to Clyde Lewis too much. Who's that, Clyde Lewis? Clyde Lewis is a conservative talk show host who uh Easy G used to listen to. And and my dad was talking to me about him too. My dad used to like him. But uh Clyde has uh gotten quite into the conspiracy theories. Good so, for him, huh? Yeah,
6: I he knows how to bring in the money.
1: Well, yes, there is. Uh, it it is
6: profitable, apparently. I wrote for this big platform, fifteen years ago, and I, you know, I, I had two million when it really meant something then. Like, what's two million page hits? now, you know, but because we got paid back then. But you know, uh, the the uh, I was a liberal, and then you know, we were all friends, even the conservatives. You know, unless it was some real weirdo. They, they would always, the conservatives always get ten times more hits, you know, yeah. because liberals are just stick in the muds, and uh, you just can't make a, a good
1: living as a liberal
6: columnist. So I say I'm all for it. I'm going to become a conservative.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, why, why not? Time to time to make
6: that transition. Huh? You know, they're so uh, politics is not a straight line; it's a circle, and if you're hard left. It's a circle. You just come right around to the hard right, and then you really start making money, Matt.
1: Well, there is an interesting thing that's been going on for a number of years now. There we- is. Yes. Are you going to tell us? I sure am. What? <laughs> I'm going to shut up. I'm I'm fascinated by it uh, as I see this happen, where you have these uh, liberal-minded people, or 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 they present themselves as liberals. And then they they begin to tr- to change. They they go through this transition where, but they stop at different points of the transition. Like you have, for example, Candace Owens, who was a liberal and then became a con. Like she started to, uh, you know, she went on Dave Rubin's show. Dave Rubin also uh, transitioned. Um, he
6: uh, what's his name now? Robert, uh, 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 uh. I don't know, Andy. He's,
1: he's still Dave Rubin, okay. but but they both, uh, but they're examples of people who. Uh, oh,
6: you mean he devolved, not transitioned. Well, mm-hmm. no, no,
1: no. but they both went from uh, completely from being very liberal to very conservative. They they both uh, now, uh, Candace Owens now she's an anti vaxxer and all all of it just and like she's right. bringing money hand over fist. Yes, yes. But there's also these people. This is what is really interesting to me. There's there's some people. On, uh, you know, they primarily, you know, on platforms like YouTube and whatnot, who they're they're liberal, but they they get into this zone where they start criticizing their own side, which is good in theory. I like that. Um, people should criticize their own—you know, I always complain people don't do enough of that. You know, most, usually it's Democrats criticize Republicans, Republicans criticize Democrats. Nobody wants to look inward. But you've got these these liberals who they they start criticizing their own side, and then they stop criticizing Republicans, and they get into this weird—like, I'm thinking of Jimmy Dore, for example, a perfect example where he, he um, you know, he criticizes his own side on whatever he can find— but he no longer criticizes Republicans. So he doesn't come out and overtly say, I'm no longer a liberal, I'm now a conservative. In fact, he lets you believe that he still holds all of those liberal positions.
6: Why can't he end criticize them? Well, but, That's happening all over the place. But
1: what he does is, and there's others who do this, what they do is... By by only so they they criticize their own side, but they only criticize their own side. You know what I'm saying? So they stop. They don't mess with Trump anymore. You know why?
6: Because they're getting crap from their side, and they're being called. Uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard was just denounced. She's by another somebody.
1: example, John. She's yes,
6: been, she's just been denounced by uh, that she's a, a you know here's a person that was a Bernie supporter was on the DNC and quit, and now they're just smearing her with stuff. You know, she has multiple. You know, there's an ideological line both parties want to ha- to have, and it's become increasingly calcified. You know.
1: Oh, I know. But, 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 uh, but
6: she said some stuff I don't like. Yeah. But when you start rewriting her history, that she's some right wing reactionary from the very beginning,
1: that's not true. I agree. But but what I'm saying though is some people they they get into this zone where. You know, like I'll go back oh, to
6: the Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, Matt Taibbi, but not, not as much. Not as much. But because, they're
1: so angry at uh, their former allies. Well, Matt, Matt Matt Taibbi, I think, is legitimate. And, yeah, and, he's and,
6: more and, of. A, I I really agree with you <laughs> that way. a Glenn Greenwald deplatformed me. You know, got rid of me because I wrote an article about a local mayoral candidate uh, hobnobbing with militia types. In the wake of a peaceful BLM rally, and he's all for, he's suddenly gone into anybody that is against, uh, yeah, Glenn Greenwald's gone off the, uh, uh, off, yeah, you know, I agreed with him so much. But anybody that goes with a firearm uh, into, like, a school board committee, oh, th- th- that's great, you know? Like, jeez, <laughs> it really? Yeah. And, you know, everybody said, oh, you've become this, you've become that. and uh, But, you know, he's never a big fan of Glenn Greenwald anyway, so, because he was always a true believer, you know? Yeah. He was always, where Taibi was more of, uh, uh, there was no camera on me. Uh, there was always a bit of this, there is. you know. You can, you oh, you can know, make yeah, that. Yeah. That's Obscene fine. Obscene gesture. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was always somebody that, that, he was a critic, you know. Playful, uh, it's a better word than masturbator, right? Masturbatory. By,
1: by the way, this is not in the Facebook live chat. This is in a private message, but I've just been informed uh, that the Olsen twins uh, whacked Bob Saget uh, because they were slighted on Fuller House. Well, that may, that makes sense. There's two of them. There's two Olsen twins, right? One from the front and one from the back. Or one of them does the deed. How do you prove which one did the murder? Hmm? Hmm? You can't convict them both.
6: Hmm? Do they have the same DNA? I don't know. I don't know how
1: that works. Hopefully they use the gloves (laughs) and the bleach hopefully I want them to be caught they murdered Bob's our beloved Bob Saget. I don't even know I
6: really don't even know who that is oh his, I know I've heard the name but I don't watch yeah. television
1: I never watched Full house but I did enjoy his stand his stand-up comedy was excellent he was a great uh, stand-up comic comic uh, Eric Pilcher says in the chat Tulsi Gabbard did have some conservative views but Candace Owens was a pure cash grab. Oh, absolutely. But there's this guy I've, I've uh, become acquainted with online. I don't, I don't mean acquainted as in I know him. I've never uh, interacted with him. But this guy, Jackson Hinkle, who hosts a show called The Dive on YouTube. And if you look at his um, YouTube videos, so he's now in a zone where he's supposedly this sort of Marxist leftist guy. Right. But if you look at his YouTube feed and you look at the titles, you can actually see, you can pinpoint – the moment where he went from being very openly liberal and leftist to— Well, a liberal's not a, le- a Marxist. I, I I know. I'm just kind of mashing yeah. everything together. but uh, Because I'm not really—I don't know exactly what to call him. I just know that he used to be very liberal. and at all? And now—and An now—but and, and now, you can see where it goes from what he used to do to now right. o- only criticizing the left, not— not saying he's changed his ideology at all, but only criticizing the left and having on people. I think he had Glenn Greenwald on, or maybe that was Jimmy Dore who had Glenn Greenwald on. But um, but now only criticizing the left and not criticizing the right but at all.
6: That that's Marxist. Those are Marxists. Like yeah. I said, you know, if we think of uh, people like to think of it as a uh, line, but it's a circle. So a Marxist is going to go over, right? They have so much in common with the fascists. Hitler and Stalin are mirroring each other, you know? And uh, a Marxist and uh, that type of, uh, uh, what, what did they, Spartacus and that, all they did was attack other liberals. What do you think? Why do you think Hitler came to power? Stalin told the Communist Party of Germany that they cannot cooperate with the Social Democrats. And believe me, the Social Democrats did not like the communists. The Social Democrats, when they took over Weimar in the early days, they they had Rosa Luxemburg, the communists, assassinated. But they would, Stalin wanted a revolution in Germany in the 30s, so Hitler was the pathway to it. People, Mm. you know, always forget World War II begins because Stalin and Hitler in August have a pact, and they cut Poland in two. And, uh, you know, but the Social Democrats and the communists, they wouldn't come together. And, and, you know, Stalin had his role in it. And so you don't oppose Hitler. You don't have an effective opposition of Hitler. And most of the uh, German communists, weren't killed by of the the elite the intellectuals and the elite of the party went to the soviet union it wasn't hitler that killed them stalin mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the great armies. i'm not i'm yeah. laughing because yeah the cannibalism in a party itself look at the trump people True. cannibalizing destroying the republican party yes uh, yeah. devouring True. it whole in our tom what I call anarcho-libertarian, the free staters, is taking over the local Republican Party. We don't talk about that, but it's a process. It's,
1: it's, it's stunning, and part of that is the trumpery,
6: too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah.
1: yeah um, so it's cannibalistic. By the way, uh, Eric Pilcher in the chat, referring to uh, your comment about uh, becoming a conservative, he says, uh, come to the dark side, Hopwood. We have cookies. Cookies. Are you t- referring to uh, uh, uh,
6: women of a uh, specific uh, persuasion or something? Yeah. No, I think he means
1: literal cookies. Uh, Maybe some. Because uh, that's his. Uh, he watches chip. a lot of
6: old movies, so they use euphemisms, you know, cookies. Euphemisms, yes. Oh, yeah. Like for
1: legs, they, they'll say pins. And
6: uh, yes. <laughs> oh,
10: yes. She, she had a great pair. Of pins.
1: <laughs> By the way, uh, Crystal in the chat says it's too bad the DNC screwed over Tulsi. I liked her, still do. Uh, she's a spitfire and doesn't take their B.S. Yeah, I've just I've grown uh, skeptical of her. Uh, Miriam says if the twins are identical, they do have the same DNA.
5: Hmm. Well, then
1: we'll have to execute both of them. And Tom Blanchard says, well, I don't support the death penalty, as you know. I do. I know. Uh, Tom Blanchard says, Hoppy, I was reading your article about the five-man army. I liked it. Oh, tell us about this. What was he? Reading? I can't.
6: That, that is definitely from oh, Matt Conway and Lee. No, I first it. time I saw nudity in a movie theater, which oh. is now the Rex Theater. Oh, holy Christ!
1: A riot broke out. I suppose that day it was the E. Rex Theater. <laughs> See what I did well, there? Well, <clears throat>
6: it was a twin bill of Captain Nemo uh, in the Underwater City. I don't mean to be salacious. And then they have this Italian spaghetti Western starring uh, Peter Graves of. Uh, of uh, Mission Impossible and can, all these, like, Italian Can actors. we
1: still say that, Spaghetti Western? Is that, uh, is that allowed? How about a Macaroni Western? Oh that sounds worse somehow.
6: And uh, <laughs> it wasn't really a very good twin bill because the kids in there were, like, tw- uh, from five years old. They used to have matinees for kids. You, it was only 75 cents. So, oh, my God. This, there was a nude scene and I saw my first pair of uh cinematic tatas, if you if I can say that. And that that theater went crazy. Every boy went crazy. Mm. I was up in the balcony with my brother. So whatever we could get, we were throwing. And the ushers, they had ushers in, this is nineteen seventy. They're pulling the kids out, throwing them out the door. Really? The kids are battling them. Because there were other older kids, you know, like twelve or thirteen that probably got Oh, I'm gonna go see. Cap- my mother gave me 75 cents to see Captain Nemo or something. Little did they know the second feature would be so incendiary. <laughs> but it was—it was—it was one of my memories. I'll never forget that. Then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a woman I once recounted this back in the eighties. She says, "Oh, you're so hostile towards women." Well, you know, I'm a product of my culture. Mm. Yeah, it's—it was the only. Spaghetti Western, supposedly I guess in Mexico. So many of them are allegedly Mexico. That actually had a samurai, uh, a samurai, a Mexican peasant who was a samurai. You know, he had a samurai sword. Yeah. Later on, there was the movie Red Sun Sun with Bronson and Elaine Delon, that had uh, Toshiro Mifune, the great Japanese actor, who made great movies like uh, samurai movies like. uh, the Magnificent Seven, which was which called Seven Samurai in the United States, oh. and Yojimbo, which became uh, for a few dollars more, uh, a fistful of dollars, and he was in it. But hey, this was the original, huh? It was the Mexican with the samurai sword that kind of started everything. <laughs> oh
5: yeah.
6: Eric Pilcher said, uh, "Peter Graves in a spaghetti western. I'm intrigued." And uh, if he, yeah, yeah, and a guy named James Daly who was an actor, a TV actor. He was in the medical center and whose daughter was Tyne Daly, who oh. married George Sanford Brown, which is a big thing then because it was an interracial marriage. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Those things. Uh, my mother commented on that. Oh, d- did she Oh, George really? Sanford Brown was in The Rookies. Oh. Which, what's his name? Michael Keane was in, who people probably remember from his role in uh, Slapshot. Yeah, He graduated from the UNH on a hockey
1: scholarship. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, we are approaching the it's top all of like the, so uh, exciting. It yeah. is. It's oh, exciting. God. Well, we are approaching the top of the hour. So what we'll do is uh, we need to get to Eric Pilcher's classic film review. Uh, Eric has been reviewing films that are uh, appropriate for Black History Month. And this week the uh, subject is 12 Years a Slave. And uh, so we always look forward to this a very popular segment on the show so we will give that a listen and then we will show some love to our amazing sponsors and then we'll be back with hour number two are you sticking around there John? Matt can I just say one thing my next yes. article from Manchester Movie
6: Memories I should start putting Eric's stuff up there Ooh. is about the how the evolution of the Strand Theater from the Three Stooges into a porno ground, grindhouse ah. there's an exciting
1: subject <laughs> sounds it yes <laughs> All right, here it is, Eric's uh, classic film review: Twelve Years a Slave," and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you on the other side of this. Check it out.
11: If you want to survive, do and say as little as possible. Tell no one who you really are, and tell no one you can read and write, unless you want to be a dead. <laughs>
8: I see we fight. The crew is fairly small. We're well planned. I believe they could be strong. on. three can't go against the whole crew. Born and bred slaves, no stomach for a fight. Those I know. We get. We were traveling. I wish we'd die trying. Survival's
11: not about certain death. It's about keeping your head down.
8: Days ago, I was with my family in my home. Now you tell me all is lost. Tell no one who I am. That's the way to survive. Well, I don't want to survive.
2: I want to live. Slavery is often viewed as one of the most disgraceful acts in American history.
8: The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast
3: from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot.
7: There's a deal for every act of kindness
3: at McDonald's.
7: The Steak, Egg, and Cheese Bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.
10: At Kroger, we believe local produce shouldn't be hard to find. That's why we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring the fresh produce you love to our stores. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself, because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: Men, women, and children were ripped away from their homes, stripped of their dignity, humanity, and even families. They were degraded, beaten, and worked harder than plow horses. Now... There have been many films and TV series or miniseries that have depicted these atrocities, but none, in my opinion, have the power, emotion, enduring will, and triumph over oppression as this week's film, 12 Years a Slave. Directed by Steve McQueen, who was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director, in the film One Best Picture. 12 Years a Slave was released in 2013. The film is based off the memoir written by Solomon Northrup in 1853. Northrup was a New York musician who was born free and under the guise of being hired to perform in Washington, D.C. by two white men is drugged and sold into slavery. The film tells of the horrors he endured and witnessed during this time as a slave, never giving up on who he really is and using that memory to keep him pushing and enduring every day. Northrup is played with a powerful performance by Chiwetel Ejiofor. The performance by Ejiofor is the driving force of the film. We see his strength through his quest to become free again and never letting go of who he really is. It is that emotional strength that shines through even in the bleakest and most disturbing scenes. Our first scene is Northrop painfully explaining how he gets through the conditions of his life to a woman deep in sorrow over her children being sold away from her. (laughs)
5: Eliza, stop! Stop your wailing.
8: You let yourself be overcome by sorrow, you will drown in it.
12: Have you stopped crying for your children? You make no sounds, but will you ever let them go in your heart?
5: They are as my flesh.
12: Then who is distressed? Do I upset the master and the mistress? Do you care less about my loss than, than their well-being? Master
8: Ford is a decent man. He
12: is a slaver.
8: Under the circumstances.
12: Under the circumstances, he's a slaver. Will you truckle at his boot? No. You luxuriate in his
8: favor. I survive. I will not fall into despair. I will offer up my talents to Master Ford. I will keep myself hardy till freedom is opportunity. Oh,
12: Ford, is your opportunity? You think he does not know that you are more than you suggest? But he does nothing for you, nothing. You are no better than prized livestock. Call for him. Call, tell him of your previous circumstances and see what it earns you, Solomon. So you settle into your role as Platt then? My back is thick with scars for protesting Uh, my freedom. Do not accuse me. I, I accuse you of nothing. I cannot accuse. I have done dishonorable things to survive. And for all of them, I have ended up here. No better than if I stood up for myself. God forgive me. Solomon, let me weep for my children.
2: (laughs) When a film is as powerful and emotional as this, the performances must carry it. This film is a shining example of that. Another powerful performance is Michael Fassbender, who plays Northrop's second slave owner, Edwin Epps, a man who uses the Bible as justification for slavery. In this next scene, he speaks with Samuel Bass, played by Brad Pitt, who is also an executive producer of the film. Bass is a traveling worker who disagrees with slavery, but has to accept it. What I want you to notice here is the terse conversation between the two and how Bass, you can hear him submit to the conditions enforced by society.
11: Hey, Bass. Oh, no, no, no. No shame in taking respite from the heat. Drink, shave. It's ungodly for travelers, party or otherwise. <laughs> and what's funny? Eps, I merely mean to finish the work at hand, as requested and as paid for. If something
9: rubs you wrongly, I offer you the opportunity to speak up.
11: it. Well, you ask plainly, so I will tell you plainly. What amused me just then was your concern for my well-being in this heat, when, quite frankly, the condition of your laborers... The
8: condition of my laborers? It
11: is horrid. the hell? It's all wrong. All wrong, Mr. Epps.
9: They ain't hired help. They're my property.
11: You say that with pride. I say it as fact. If this conversation concerns what is factual and what is not, then it must be said that there is no justice, no righteousness in this slavery. But you do open up an interesting question. What right have you when you come down to the point? What right? Mm. I bought them. I paid for them. Of course you did. And the law says you have the right to hold them. But begging the law's pardon, it lies. Suppose they pass a the law, taking away your liberty, making you a slave. Suppose. That ain't a supposable case. Laws change, apps. Universal truths are constant. It is a fact, a plain and simple fact, that what is true and right is true and right for all. White and black alike. You compare me to us? I'm only asking in the eyes of God, what is the difference? Might as well ask what the difference is between a white man and a baboon. <laughs> I've seen one of them critters in Orleans,
10: no, just as much as any
11: because they're human beings. If they are allowed to climb no higher than brute animals, you and men like you will have to answer for it. There is an ill, Mr. Epps, a fearful ill resting upon this nation, and there will be a day of reckoning yet.
8: You like to hear yourself talk, Bass, better than any man I know of. You'd argue that black was white or white black... If anybody contradict you. Fine supposition if you lived among Yankees in New England. But you don't.
9: Most assuredly do not.
2: Epp's brutality has been addressed previously, but it is not until near the end of the film that we see it in full force and the sadism coupled with it. This is brought on by the infatuation he has with a slave girl named Patsy. Lupita Nyong'o plays her in her Academy Award winning role. In this scene, Patsy has run off to another plantation to get soap. And when she returns, is met by Epps, who due to his love for Patsy or infatuation, is unable to whip her as punishment. So he forces Northrup to do it. I will warn you, this is a difficult scene, but I feel it is important to show the power that this film carries
5: you don't miss yourself.
12: Do it. Strike the life from him.
5: her. Give her the whip. Give it all old her. Glad you come here and you'll be here now. Glad! <laughs> Come
12: here. I'd rather you than...
5: Striker. Striker. <laughs> Striker, <laughs> Striker.
11: This property. I'm on the plan. I'm with great pleasure. I won't come out in my mood no further.
2: 12 years a slave, has a lasting legacy as a landmark film. It is wrought with emotion and powerful performances. I will admit, it it is quite hard to watch this film. It rips open the wounds of the past. It forces us to look at ourselves and really think about the past and the struggle African Americans face, starting with the ills of slavery. What this film did was bring a realistic and documented vision of slavery to the mainstream. That, coupled with everything I have stated, is what makes this film legendary. This is not a film one would watch to get away from reality and enjoy some time with friends and pop some popcorn. But it is a film we all must watch to see the impact of slavery so we know where racial inequality began and then see why it is still an issue today. I give this film the highest recommendation I can. I would like to invite everyone to join me next week as I review the Hughes Brothers' Menace to Society. For WMNH and Matt Connerton Unleashed, this has been a classic film review with Eric Pilcher. (laughs) you <laughs>
1: Welcome back, everybody. We are well in our number two numero dose of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com. For all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Today is Friday, February 11, 2022, and I'm not alone. John Hopwood is at the news desk. Hello, Matt. Well, hello, John. I do want to remind you all, of course, that we are sponsored by the Hopknot in the Brady Sullivan right across the street. Oh, and John Hopwood's got the Hopknot mug. Where I had my 60th birthday.
6: Yes. I became a sexagenarian
1: there. A sexy-genarian. No, a
6: sexy-genarian. He's 60
1: years old. Oh, I thought the ladies call you a sexy-genarian. Trying to help you out there, buddy. Uh, (laughs) The Hopknot, of course, they've got the delicious gourmet pretzels. They have craft beer. They have live music on Friday nights. I don't know who's playing over there tonight, but uh, you should uh, stop in and check it out. And uh, such a great place. Uh, Kenny will be here one week from Monday. Uh, we wanted to get them in before the uh, the end of Black History Month. The Hopknot is a black-owned business, so it's uh, very cool uh, to have them as a sponsor. And uh, the food ain't bad either. So. Oh, it's great. Yes, yes. And the beverages. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if you'd like to join us today, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007, you have your hand up. Speaking of news, I mm. have
6: uh, some commentary sent to me i i sent a message out a couple hours ago uh-huh. by a expert on uh, russia Oh, u.s and ukraine are interested in a local war so the usa you know pretend in the area it's a defender of democracy or as a peacemaker mm-hmm. and you know there's reasons the united states has to justify that the military industrial complex, you know. Yeah, well, war is our greatest export. It is. And if Ukraine was part of NATO, we'd sell them a package of arms. <laughs> Just Poland's buy-in, yeah. tw- whatever it was, was it 15, 20 years ago, it was a $21 billion package. Ukraine was uh, talking, uh, Russia is not interested since it won't gain anything and it can't offer anything to the Ukrainians if it took it over. But uh, Ukraine would benefit from a local conflict, like in the Donbass region, which is near Crimea, because then it can impose martial law. Mm. But uh, the final thing, I know you got a call coming in. If there is a war, Putin and the Ukrainians will use it as an excuse, you know, with the martial law. You mm-hmm. can just do away with all, any of the progress made where private, proper, you know, pro- people, private businesses, which that's all being scaled back. Yeah. So it would be a disaster, really, for both countries. But Putin has nothing to offer the Ukrainians. It's why Britain, uh, Ireland, never wanted Northern Ireland back. Northern Ireland is a basket case, a welfare queen. Mm. And, you know, as long as the Brits are going to pay for it. Yeah. And you
1: notice it never has gone back, even when Labor was in party. Okay. We have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Good
13: afternoon, Matt
1: and Mr. Ooh. Hopwood. It is Eric Pilcher from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and of course, the host of Eric Pilcher's Classic Film Review. Hello, sir.
13: Hello. I was asked to call in and you know when Mr. Hopwood asks you to do something you're honored and privileged. So, because I figured I could call in.
6: Because I think it was a great review and and it is Black History Week. That film I just want to say it's based on a slave narrative that's been extensively researched and it's been pretty it's it's all been validated and in fact researchers have used details for him like to find the slave market in Washington because the irony was it takes place it was published a year after uh Uncle Tom's Cabin, which was a piece of propaganda, and Simon Legree was the terrible slave owner. And he was in the exact same area. It, it was like great, ironic. So there's been criticism. Oh, well, he borrowed from from uh, uh, her Harriet Beecher Stowe. Remember when Abraham Lincoln finally met her, he said, oh, you're the woman who brought on the war, mm-hmm. which was hyperbole, but right. there's a lot of truth to that. But So people thought, well, you know, a slave narrative is not going to be objective because of the horrors of this. But that book, Since 1968, they researched it. It it had tremendous uh, validity, and it's actually been used. You can go and find the details. And, uh, yeah, you did a great review, but this is a movie, don't you think, er, every American should see?
13: Absolutely. It is, and I wanted to really hammer this point home. It is a very difficult film to watch. Yeah. Very difficult. I think that, we, need, especially with what's going on right now in America, we need to watch it because I have heard uh, from relatives and others that basically how slavery is taught in schools right now is slavery was awful. Uh, this is what happened. They worked and were whipped. And Abraham Lincoln freed them, and there's no talk about the sharecropper system,
4: which
2: right.
13: basically made them indentured slaves. Yes, um, then no talk about Jim Crow, no talk about uh, the, the riots, Selma, and it's well, whether you agree or disagree with how Black Lives Matter goes about things, or uh, Antifa. I think the, the overwhelming truth that racism is real.
6: Yeah, well, I, you, yeah, and, and uh, I, I'll just uh, I think Antifa and BLM is totally different things. But BLM has done a great service. We just, uh, in Manchester, we just found out, I was just telling my sister about it, the Underground Railroad had come through Manchester as a route to get slaves into Canada. And now, because of research spurred on by uh, BLM, uh, we have a, pla- I- I- a plaque out there. It was just recently uh, dedicated. And I consider myself a historian. Even John Clayton, is, uh, who's our great, great, No, nobody knows more about Manchester than him. I didn't know about that. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, yeah. But, uh, you know I- what... Oh, okay, go. I just want to add one point, Eric. But I'll let you speak first. I'm sorry to take uh, over that show. I'm the long
13: Black Lives Matter into one group. I'm just saying right. overall, in general. Uh, but I think you know, back to the point of people watching Twelve Years a Slave at least once, and I've read the book. Oh, yeah. Uh, written by Solomon Northrup. Right the book is just as powerful and you really, I think if you look at them as companion pieces, you really get a feel of it. And what's even more heartbreaking is the epilogue at the end of the film, uh, that he never, that, uh, no one knows where Solomon Northrup is buried. Has no grave marker, don't know where he died, and the two men that captured him into slavery had a quote-unquote trial, found not guilty, and he was an abolitionist for the rest of his life. Right. Um, so I, I, I think that it's heartbreaking in the sense that we look at all these leaders of the civil rights movement. And we look at Harriet Tubman and others. I I think Solomon Northrup should be right up there. Conversation. But sadly he isn't. And I hope at some point through this film, which Steve McQueen did an amazing job. And I felt he was deserving of best director I thought, cinematically, I thought Wolf of Wall Street was the better film, mm. and I'm always a big fan of the Academy splitting Best Director and Best Picture. I, I don't. I think a film that has 67. to be head and shoulders better mm. than anything to win both Best Director and Best Picture. Right. Norman
6: Jewison uh, didn't win for In the Heat of the Night. Now, Mike Nichols did for The Graduate. Mm. But In the Heat of the Night won the Best Picture Oscar and got a standing ovation. When yeah. One.
13: I love The Graduate. That is one of my hmm. all-time favorite cinematic soundtracks of all time. Oh, yes. I, the soundtrack is amazing for The Graduate. It is, I would say, my golf all-time golf. favorite. And then close second is uh, the soundtrack to Above the Rim and Jackie Brown. <laughs> I love
1: that. Uh, uh, one hundred and ten. 110th I, I love the Jackie Brown soundtrack,
5: yes. Yeah. <laughs>
13: Jackie, Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorite current directors. And his soundtracks are always just so eclectic and amazing. Uh, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Reservoir Dogs, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just all of them are just such an amazing collection of music.
6: Eric, there's one thing I want to say about the movie, and I haven't read the book, but I think it's probably inherent in that, is that, the you know when people talk about slavery, uh, an issue is that, how do you put it? Uh, it's the uh, the violence and the degradation of human beings is inherent in slavery, but it's just not the slave that's degraded; it's the uh, the owner too you know, to own the slaves in that type of situation is I think that's in in the movie too. that's part of the brilliance of McQueen because like what you call the infatuation of the slave owner for the beautiful slave girl, and she is beautiful. She won an Oscar yes. is just it's like the anger of the the whipping is you know, it's all it, it could be like a, it, 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 it's this this antipathy between man and women. I think it works so much even because it is a universal emotions being taught on. Because some people, what I think of Mike Nichols, you know, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? He got his first Oscar nomination in 66, which is about two human beings uh, enslaved in this awful marriage going at it and dehumanizing each other. But that the whole system of slavery and now of racism, it just doesn't dehumanize it dehumanizes everybody it's
1: a good insight
6: and
13: it, it, i i think that's oh, i never looked at it like that wow that's what that's i love that perspective that's what's I in think it, depends of on a of a mm-hmm. it depends on the slave owner um like in 12 years of slaves i really
6: yeah there are different owners in
13: a certain time Epps was
6: the worst.
13: Uh, By Benedict Cumberbatch.
6: Oh yeah, he's excellent.
13: More, more, of a, more, of a forgiving slave owner, and more, you can tell he's actually torn about these circumstances that are across the nation. He knows that he has to, that it, having slaves is a means to survive for him, but he doesn't feel comfortable with it. And you see that in Cumberbatch's performance. I think then when we go to Epps, we see a man that, while he's infatuated and it makes him angry at this one slave, he embraces the sta- the, the situation of slavery. Right, he's and enslaved. that the- is so important in the conversation he had with Brad Pitt. Because he he says it like, this is my property, as a sense of pride. And there isn't this there
8: isn't this notion of the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this?
3: Breakfast
13: from Mickey D's?
3: From me? Yep. Why? Cause it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot.
7: There's a deal
9: for every act of kindness at
7: McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.
8: The Just Because Deal. Hey, oh, what's this?
3: Breakfast from Mickey D's.
8: From me? Yep. Why?
3: Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot.
9: There's a deal for every act of kindness
3: at McDonald's.
7: The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.
13: Hurt or contrition about it. It mm. is. He is just saying, this is my property. This is what it is. And he has no forgiveness or guilt about it.
6: No, it's about control and uh, feminism is has uh, critiqued that for many, uh, years with a man, a woman, a wife was a man's property and people, uh, women, feminists are for abortion rights, you know, that we are, that, uh, are being enslaved by this male culture. I'm thinking back to the, re- the arguments back in the seventies, you know, by the, uh, it's called the second wave feminists, but you know mm. Betty Friedan. You know we're basically a piece of property. Mm-hmm. You know Eric in the uh, right up into the late seventies, uh, uh, a married woman could be raped by her husband, and there were no consequences. <laughs> Can you imagine? yeah that's
13: that, Gone that's with the wind. The horrible. Uh, <laughs>
6: But, see, it's a metaphor that's so powerful because it's a metaphor. The slavery is there at the forefront, but it's about the human condition, too. Yeah. Th- that's the genius, I think, it, of uh, Steve McQueen. And uh, did he adapt I, it to himself? The screenwriter. I and the acting is superb.
13: so difficult to watch. Yeah. Is it really digs into your soul. It really it doesn't just rip open, like, layer wounds it rips yeah. open if you have any sort of care or or just softness of your heart it rips at that because I, you see this pain and agony and you really really just you become emotional over it oh yeah when you watch this film and Steve McQueen does such a great job of it and because because he really puts you in this world. You're not just a viewer. And I feel, I've read a lot of articles that compare this to Roots. And Roots, it's an unfair comparison. Roots Mm -hmm. was aired on TV in the 70s. This was released in theaters in 2013. Mm -hmm. There's a world of differences here. There's things that 12 Years a Slave did that Roots, could not do right. and then when they did the remake they attempted to do and they did a very, they did a good job of it but yeah, i i just think that that's what makes 12 years a slave such a great landmark film john you I, you said it perfectly it gets you in on the human condition of slavery it's just not on the surface where you're watching it and you're like wow that's awful I'll like, l- when you watch Roots, that's what happens. You're on the surface of it. You're just viewing it.
1: I'll let you in on a You're little... You're
13: not a part of it. I'll let you in on
1: a, on a little secret, Eric. When I was, um, you know, you were talking about how hard it is to, you know, the brutality of, of it, you know, and, and how it can affect you. Even just... I, so I haven't seen the film yet. I need to see it. But even just listening to your review, I ended up... That that last uh, scene that, that you include in the review, and, and, you know, you give us a warning that it's it's difficult to sit through i i actually edited that down a little bit um because i was having just hearing it uh, and and the brutality of it i was having a hard time with it and i i ended up kind of cutting cutting it down just to uh if if for nothing because i just felt like wow if this is too much for me um you know i i just it, it, it is it's um it's incredible
6: when you watch it just, the whole film
1: oh i can imagine it like, just it's it
6: climax of
1: yeah. Oh, is, it's biblical.
5: Yeah, There biblical. is a speech
13: that um, Patsy gives to the owner before the whipping that just really sets it up. And yeah. all the clips I found of it online, the audio was really bad. Yeah. Mm. And I tried what I could so I could include that. And I'm glad you bring up editing it because I sat there for a good 20 minutes. Just listening to it, like there has to be a way to cut this down. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it is so difficult, and it, it watching it and then seeing the aftermath of it when they're oh. cleaning her wound.
4: Yeah. Oh god. And yeah.
13: You're. That's what. That's what really rips at your heartstrings is in hearing his wife. That's the woman that was in the scene played. Just the film has brilliant performances across the board. Amazing performances. Sarah Paulson, it, it is she is criminally underrated as eps's wife in this film. Um, just egging her husband on because she is so jealous of the relationship he right. and love he has for Patsy. So she's sitting there saying, "Oh, he's barely touching her."
6: Well, I'm I'm just laughing out of, you know, it's just, you know, let's not even talk about it. it, Yeah, it's difficult, but I'd say this film achieves the level of art, which very few films do. It's that well made, it's that powerful. Yeah. But like all, I told you, Eric, like all great art, art is, uh, real art is difficult. It doesn't give you, you know
13: hasn't been dominated by the National Film Society for being culturally aesthetic, it needs to be, in soon. Yeah. Um, it needs to be preserved, it needs to be respected, and every human being should watch it at least once. Because you get this, get this understanding, and you sit there, and it's like I get it. Yeah. Well, that, that's what's so important about it. And I own the film on Blu-ray. I've watched it maybe three times since I bought it. Wow. That was when, after it was first released. Yeah. So it is a difficult film. Here. Eric, we got to not... oh, go, go ahead not deny that but i think it's a must watch
1: well eric uh no I, I appreciate it great work as always we're gonna um we're gonna wrap up with you because you're I, i'm you know we're enjoying the discussion but your audio kind of is keeps Going in and out. fading yeah. out when you're in the middle of a sentence so um it, it's weird it was kind of doing Sorry it, about that that's okay i was kind of doing it a little at first and then it got better and, and then it got worse so we'll. Uh, I think it's a conspiracy. It might be a conspiracy. It Those might Nordic aliens. It's probably or or the Olsen twins might be behind Ooh. it. But uh Eric, Olsen
13: th- twins <laughs> did a mob hit on Bob
5: Saget. Right. They did
1: <laughs> But uh, Eric, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, great conversation and and another great uh, film review. We appreciate it. And it'll be on my show
6: next
13: and next date. week. Mm we will be on John's show next week, and next week is Menace to Society.
1: Yes, yes, great film. That I have seen. That uh, That's great. We look forward to that. All right, Eric, thank you so much, my friend. No problem. All right, take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, that was Eric Pilcher from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and, of course, he does uh, Eric's classic film review. It almost sounded like he was using a, a microphone that um, – forget what the what you call it exactly but it it it's, uh, it's, it activates it's, when you speak into it yeah but then it started it was like it started fading out while he was in the middle of a sentence not just at the beginning it was a little strange but yeah i that, wonder if he had a
6: microphone uh, does he he does he, he do a podcast or anything
1: no, not not of his own. He just he just records the uh, film reviews. Okay,
6: because microphones, you know, can uh, uh, it can be programmed directional, yeah. omnidirectional. So uh, it can go back two sides if you have somebody across the desk. And, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I just want to say something to go back to In the Heat of the Night. That great scene between Rod Steiger as the chief when he's talking over uh, drinks with uh, Mr. Tibbs, Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. And how Rod Steiger is just caught in that system of racism. Mm-hmm. Because when he says to him, like, what is he? Because Rod is, you know, he's really, he's different than the other people. Yeah. Because he's seeing a little of the light, right. even though it's taking a while. And, but when, he, when he's asked with sympathy, uh, uh, are you ever lonely? Or that lonely scene, I'm. And Sidney Poitier, you know, it's a thing, but no, you know. No more and, than you, man. Yeah, no more than you. That, And then he just rears back yeah. and goes right into the racism thing again, you mm-hmm. know. Yep. And you see it, and how what a victim he is of that, how he has to fight against it. Yeah. And then the great system, well, the great system, The great scene where he, they bring him to the, the, the big white plantation owner, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, And Sidney Poitier is trying to get it. you know, are you behind the murder? Mm -hmm. And the white guy slaps him. And then Sidney Poitier slaps him back. And then the white boss is, what are you going to do about that? The Rod Stine. The look on his face.
1: He says, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, right? (laughs) And you have the black servant in the background, you know, with
6: a tray of drinks.
1: I I would say that's the perfect film. And then Th- there's, that's there's the nothing end. you could do to it to make it better. It's perfect. And that's the end of Rod Steiger
6: as being sheriff ever. That's inherent in that. Yeah,
1: point. yeah. Because
6: at the time, the sixties, the black sheriff, like in the Philadelphia, the three civil rights workers disappear. They put them on trial locally, and they're just in there, big smile on the face, big belly, with a charm on the mouth, because nothing's gonna happen.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, if you'd like to get in, we've got a little time left on today's show, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476, tweet me at matt Connerton, or send an email to Matt at MattConnerton.com. And of course, you can interact Endo Pine in the Facebook live chat. I did have to restart the Facebook feed because we got uh, dinged for copyright on uh, Facebook. They blocked the the video because of the uh, audio from the film review that happens once in a while and i just uh i immediately appeal it and then they will restore it uh i just give them the spiel about uh i have it saved in my phone about you know we're broadcasting from a federally licensed uh right radio station and we discussed uh news and current events and all content is used for that purpose and th- and then they uh, nine times out of ten they just accept the appeal and and they uh um they restore the audio but uh so I, I did have to start a new uh, Facebook feed, so uh, hello to everyone. I'll say hello to everybody in there quickly in the new feed. Uh, Mike Pelopita, of course, from Queen City Cabinetry, one of our great sponsors here at WMNH. He said, another awesome job, Eric. Uh, Mike, is, uh, Mike really enjoys the uh, film reviews. Uh, Rocky Huber says, Matt, what is January 6th being called by Mitch McConnell now? Uh, he actually uh, used the words violent insurrection. And I absolutely agree. It's rare that I can actually use the words, I stand with Mitch McConnell. Uh, but I absolutely do. Uh, Chris Rose from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts joins us and says, good afternoon. Uh, Dirk Don." also from Iowa and, of course, uh, of the Arrogant Media YouTube channel and the newer YouTube channel, Java Fog. Uh, Dirk does a lot of tremendous content. He says, Eric, do a review on my favorite Western big money rustlers starring Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> By the way, um, I have not seen that film Either. Have you, uh, John, have you ever seen uh, Big Money Rustlers starring ICP? I thought he was going to say Blazing Saddles. Hmm. That's a great film. (laughs) I'm joking. Couldn't be shown. Couldn't be made now. (laughs) It certainly could not. Ooh, that went down the wrong pipe. My goodness. Um, Surprised that it could be made then. (laughs) uh, Rocky Uber says, I bet Eric can do a good Beetlejuice impression. You know, the one from Howard Stern. Hmm. Well, that would uh, that would be lovely I do enjoy it. Uh, he's one of my favorite whack packers uh, Beetlejuice um, he also asked can Eric review white men white men can't jump uh, Crystal says I just found out that there was a black Woodstock uh, that had been held in the Bronx to help heal the community after the Civil rights Movement. Supposedly, Stevie Wonder and other well-known black musicians played in it. Apparently, a movie will be released on the topic this year or next. Oh, very interesting. Um, she also says, I was kind of shocked that this happened in our lifetime, and most people have no clue it took place. I blame the media. I don't well, know about that. I blame the school system. <laughs>
6: well, you know, uh, everybody, uh, I don't know if you pe- young people know about Kent State. Mm-hmm. and the four students that were shot there. But as my father told me at Ohio the time,
1: is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Crosby no, Sons nobody National. talks
6: about it. Jackson State, which was a historically black uh, college, there was a massacre there.
1: Nobody talked about that. Mm. They were black. By the way, uh, Eric Pilcher says, Big Money Rustlers will never be reviewed. Well, that's too bad. Again, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't think it exists. Oh Is no. Oh a... no, John, trust me. It's a real movie <laughs> because when really? I w- Oh yeah, when I worked at FYE, uh yes, uh, I I can actually still picture the I mean it was direct to DVD, but I can still picture the the uh, the cover. Oh yeah, it's a real film. There's a whole it it's kind of a whole subgenre though of um uh hip hop related movies uh like uh Master P he uh he, he released a bunch of I I assume they still make them. I you know, I don't work in an environment anymore. Are you where about a, just,
5: uh, music
1: video? No, no, no. They're they're actual movies, but yeah, they're kind of like extended mu- uh, music videos, but but no, they're actual movies. They're just direct to DVD B movies, action movies. Yeah, there's a there's but, a lot of them <laughs> like my friend Edward X Young makes. Probably, uh, although I don't know if, has he ever worked with Master P? Well, no, but he did. Does he, does he make movies with titles like Big Money Ballas? He did run for <laughs>
6: school board in Brick, New Jersey as a Trumper, but they came out about all the soft porn uh, grade Z movies. Yeah. Like where he played the serial killers and stuff like that. In fact, you can ask Paul Cormier about him because Paul just stopped, stopped dead. The video was showing because yeah. it
1: was – disgusting oh eric pilcher likes the master p films apparently or at least one of them uh dirk says the wicked clowns will never die uh, uh eric pilcher says sorry about the audio my earbuds were very low on power and i didn't know prior to calling in yeah no worries no worries my friend also uh hello to uh tom blanchard in the facebook live chat um here's a uh
6: here's a uh thing that i don't know if you guys touched on when uh, In the Heat of the Night won the Oscars Best Pitcher and Steiger for Best Actor. Do you know that the Academy Awards were postponed a week in 1968? Do you know why? No. Martin Luther King had been assassinated. Oh, okay. Yep. Huh. And they pushed it back a week. I'll be damned. So it was like uh, karma that that film won, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it,
1: it was the film touching on the times. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, the ending uh, still makes me smile. You know, if I go on YouTube and just pull up the clip of the ending. Virgil. When, uh, you know, when Gillespie says, uh, you take care of yourself now, Virgil. You know, and uh, just uh, the way they smile at each other. God, it's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. Anyone who's never seen it. um, Or... And, and if you've seen the TV show and you thought, oh, the TV show's all right, trust me, you need to see the film. Yeah, it's different. The T V show was okay. I mean, I love Carol O'Connor and Howard Rollins as Tibbs was fine, but he was no Sidney Portier. And Carol O'Connor, as much as I adored him, uh, was no Rod Steiger. I mean the
6: Well, Rod Steiger is a movie actor. He yeah. Can't, yeah. He couldn't be offered that role because he's too hot. Right. And right. you need a cool personality which uh which Carol O'Connor, you know, he's hot as Archie, but he knows how to do, handle it. Right. He, he's a classically trained actor, by the way. Yeah. Even as an American, I think he went over to the uh, Abbey Theater in Ireland. But uh, here's the thing. There's a companion piece to In the Heat of the Night. It's not the two Mr. Tibbs sequels, which really aren't worth watching. It is a movie called—well, uh, the play was— the movie is a soldier's story. It's directed by Norman Jewison. It's about 83 or 84. It's about a segregate, a murder on a segregated, uh, well, in the Army in the you know, World War II, black troops, colored troops were led by white officers. There were no integrated units. There had been in World War I, but not in World War II. And Harry Truman integrated the Army in 1948. That is a movie, it's very similar hmm. in a way to In the Heat of the Night. They're two different films, but they're both about a murder. And Adolf Caesar is this actor. He got nominated for an Oscar. And he's just superb. And and Denzel Washington, it's one of his first earliest movies. Oh, no kidding. But it's, a, it's this amazing thing because it's about the hatred that blacks have for each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, Norman Jewison... Probably his last great movie that he directed. What's that called again? A Soldier's Story. A Soldier's Story, okay. Because it was a soldier's play that won the Pulitzer Prize because it's a murder investigation on this base with colored troops. And it's quite powerful. So it's a companion piece to In the Heat Mm. of the Night.
1: By the way, uh, so Eric is asking in the chat if I've seen uh, either of the sequels. And I, I, actually have not, but I have. We've, I think we've discussed this. I'm pretty sure we've discussed this before. And you said that the sequels aren't really worth. They're
6: just pop boilers. He's in yeah. San
1: Francisco.
6: Okay, he's not even in Philadelphia anymore. One of them uh, has uh, uh, Martin Landau, who's a great actor, mm-hmm. won an Oscar playing B- Bella Lugosi, and who had numerous Emmy nominations that one is the first one it's kind of okay to watch it but it's no it's just something they churned out to make money yeah and this third one is just crap i couldn't even watch it oh no kidding but it was just you know they made sequels because in the heat of night made a lot of money yes but norman jewison doesn't direct uh either movie oh okay okay they just take the character and they're best forgotten no kidding although Watching Martin Landau is always, because he's an excellent actor.
1: Well, and I, w- and, I would think uh, that, you know, they'd be worth viewing, if, if for nothing else, because it's just Sidney Portier is just... The, fir- uh, the,
6: the, the first sequel, yeah. In really? The yeah. They call me Mr. Tibbs. Yeah. But the second uh, one is just not worth watching. Yeah. You know, they just went to the well too many times.
1: Um, I mean, The Godfather 3
6: too- sucks.
1: Eric says, I enjoyed They Call Me Mr. Tibbs. Nowhere near as in the heat of the night, right. but entertaining. Yeah. So he he liked it. Uh, he liked it, it sounds like. We have a call. This will probably be our last call of the show today. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this?
10: Oh, last call of the show. Hail to the king, baby.
1: Hey, Dirk. How are you, my friend?
10: Oh, just fine. Here to tell you, uh, first off, uh, birds aren't real. Um if, if you actually study this, birds are not real. They are cameras.
5: Yes,
1: I've, I've heard this. Yes. They're dinosaurs. Yep. Mm. Um,
10: also, I want to make a complaint. Yes. All right? Yes. All oh, E-Money. E-Rich. The man himself is, is doing a disservice because there's a movie he has not yet reviewed, and I don't understand why he does not. And is, I'm not talking big money wrestlers, all right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, tell you what. So I'll Super do that vixens. one for him. I'll do that one.
6: Super
1: Vixen.
10: Why? They talk about Super vixens. Why has he not yet reviewed Freddie Got Fingered?
1: Because it oh. sucked with uh, Tom Green.
10: Yeah. Oh my god. The composition in that film was fantastic. Daddy, do you want some sausage? <laughs> How do you come up with that?
6: Rip, wow. rip torn definitely needed the money for that. One. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I must confess, oh I've, I've never seen it. I, I was a fan of Tom Green. I suppose I really. Still am. Yeah, I liked Tom Green. Well, I like shock humor, but I but I did not bother to see the film. Nothing about the film particularly appealed to me. But uh, you, do you do you, uh, do you assert that Dirk it is a worthy uh, worthy of being reviewed? It's a a classic. Would you say?
10: It is it is a a, a simple film about a boy who just wanted to be loved by his father. Oh. I thought that was Billy Madison.
6: My father said that well, was like watching a train wreck, and he could not, fing, You know, he speaking of fingered, he could not put his finger on the remote to stop it. He, oh. he says he never was mesmerized. This movie is so awful. Oh, oh my,
1: Manchester's own. Uh, my father knew that. Too. Yeah, yeah. Manchester's own Adam Sandler. Yes. <laughs> well,
10: That's Darren right. McGavin That's was the. Right. I mean, Billy totally Madison was like the <laughs> blueprint for what we, we we'd have as Freddie got fingered.
1: Now, uh, Eric, of course, is still in our uh, Facebook live chat, and he is uh, suggesting that no, he has already rejected your request for a review of Freddy Got Fingered. I'm trying to get him to do some... Do I have to pick movies. up your
10: slack, Eric? Do I have to pick up this slack?
1: <laughs> well, Dirk, I mean, if you'd like to review it, I could certainly, uh, perhaps on a Thursday, I, I'd this,
10: be happy to... Is this to... my punishment for, for not doing the music reviews? <laughs>
1: Well, that's that's up to you, my friend. But uh, uh, if you'd like to review Freddie Got Fingered, I, I will gladly uh, include it in the program. I am a fan of Tom Green, so I, I wouldn't uh, object out of hand.
10: You know what? I will.
1: All right. <laughs> okay. And with
10: gonna... that gentleman, with with this this, this smirchment of my of my, my I love that my, word my smirch. For Eric doing this for the people, have a day, gentlemen. Oh. Have a day. <laughs>
1: All right. Thank you, Dirk. Take care. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is our friend uh, Dirk Don. Yes, he's going to review uh, Freddie Got Fingered.
6: I think Eric oh. should uh, review Mo- Russ Meyer's masterpiece, "Be uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which was written by Roger Ebert, a Pulitzer Prize winner.
1: Ah, yes. It has a girl band th- goes to Hollywood thing. By the way, uh, since we're uh, going through some of these uh, requests, uh, Rocky Huber in the chat room uh, says, "I think Eric Pilcher should review the film that got Pee Wee Herman arrested." Well, that was a porn film. Yeah, I think we. uh, Yeah, I don't think we. uh, Maybe uh, for Matt Connerton, unsheathed, we could have a
6: review. Uh, the first Pee-wee uh, Herman, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is really a good movie. Yeah,
1: the great uh, Paul Rubens. Oh, Eric says, I would do Valley of the Dolls and then Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Did Did Roger Ebert write both? Are you kidding?
6: This, How can you say? See, uh, uh, this is the thing where Matt, I assume Matt knows everything oh, I know. Right, right. How <laughs> can you say such a <laughs> thing? Well, uh, Valley of the Dolls, the movie, is something I wanted Gonzo to take up. Ah. Uh, but. I don't know. He's probably
1: right now broadcasting opposite of us. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah.
6: What has it, happened to him?
1: I don't. I haven't seen Gonzo. hasn't been uh, popped in on this program in weeks. He does have a young child. He named, does. What was it, Sharbubu or Sharbubu? Yes, which uh boo boo. You know, of course, uh, his friends. I assume will call him. Just call him SBB. Well, you know, she she, whatever. Well, so we don't, well, you know, the agenda, <laughs> like you said on my show, let's, gen- the gender will be assigned at an appropriate be, time. Yes. Let's not be genderist. You mm-hmm. uh, know, uh, Shabarbar, whatever, Shabubu, uh, uh, Shibibop will, uh, can choose her own uh, gender. Wasn't that a character that's, on Yogi Bear? That's how it works now, you know. Oh, that was Boo uh, Boo. Y- yes. Well, we have to wrap up. John Hopwood, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Not always, but it was today. Most of the time. Most of the most of the time. Don't forget, of course, uh, tonight, Retro Spectrum Radio with Paul E.C. right here at WMNH 95.3. I will be back for that. What's the theme? Always a good time. This week it is songs with numbers in them. That's yes. Right. Yes. Like 5150 by Van Halen or 2112 by Rush or 8675309. By Tommy Two Tone. You're not going to do Revolution Number Nine, are you? I have no idea. That's up to Paul. And uh, also, too, it is Friday night, which means uh, if you want, uh, if talk radio is more your speed in the evening, uh, of course, uh, the Charles Richardson show is live seven to nine p.m. And Jenny, our very own Jenny, is uh, is uh, one of his co-hosts on that program. Sometimes it's just the two of them, just Charles and Jenny every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. So that will be happening this evening as well. So you've got options. And, of course, don't forget the Hopknot, our amazing sponsor. They have live music on Friday nights. John Hopwood over there with the mug. Oh, I just turned you upside down on the Facebook. I li- think that's even Ooh. more appropriate. Well, I, well maybe. Th- oh, geez, I just leave you upside down. here. I yeah, yeah. Just turned the cup
6: upside down. <laughs> hey, is Rob Zavito doing a show uh, afterwards?
1: Uh so it is. Thank you for reminding me. It is a brand new edition of Granite State of Mind. It is pre-recorded okay. this week, which is why he's not here. Uh, he came in uh, last night actually and and knocked that out. But that is coming up next right here. Ooh, at wow. uh WMH that water really went down the wrong pipe. On that note, we're going to get out of here. John th-
6: for Dania, baby. John, thank you again. Das thank you, to Thank
1: you to everyone who called and Eric, thank you for the great film review and uh I'll talk to y'all in a bit. Bye.
8: The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this?
3: Breakfast from Mickey D's? From me? Yep. Why? Cuz it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot.
9: There's a deal for every act of kindness
3: at McDonald's.
7: The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.
8: The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this?
3: Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Cause it's morning and you like mcdonald's let's eat while it's hot
9: there's a deal for every act of kindness
3: at mcdonald's
7: the steak egg and cheese bagel is back at mcdonald's order ahead on the app and pick up curbside price and participation may vary mcd app download and registration required